Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. First Sunday in the new year, we do appreciate you being with us, and I just want to share with you what um, what I want to do this morning. Uh, I, I love to come and just teach and preach, but I, I'm, it's going to be a little different this morning because we usually take the first Sunday of every year. We call it Vision Weekend, and I just want to share with you about our vision um, for you and for our church for this year. So everyone say, I'm excited. <clears throat> I will start a brand new series next week. There are some things God said in the Old Testament, and when we bring them through the window of grace, they are life-giving principles, and we're going to spend several weeks on those uh, starting uh, next weekend. So make sure that you are here. doesn't mean this weekend is not going to be good. I'm just saying get fired up. It's actually going to last several weeks. I've, I've been, um, just felt like something God told me to teach on, gave me some uh, things to teach on this year, so we're going to kick that off. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but you have to come next week to make sure that you hear that. So um, it's Vision Weekend. Everyone say Vision. Vision. Here's why we do Vision Weekend, uh, because I do believe that something that God drops in every person is the potential for vision, and I do believe for a believer, we are downloaded with vision. Yeah. Let me give you, there are lots of definitions for vision out there. I love to read vision books and leadership books, and so I just made up my own. I say this every year, but here's what vision is. It's a clear picture of who you are and where you're going. It is a clear picture of who you are and where you are going. So whether you're just an individual, you run an organization, you're a leader, or you're just a believer excited to be here, or you have no idea how you got here today, you're just here. Um, vision, especially for a believer, is, is, I believe we're downloaded with an overdose of it. Here's why I say that. Because shouldn't we as believers know who we are? Shouldn't we know that we're born again? We're redeemed we're full of Jesus, right? So, so we know who we are, and we know where we're going. Always upward. <laughs> Look at someone said, that's the truth right there. That's the truth. We're always going upward. The Bible says he takes us from what? One level of glory to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, till you just get to heaven, right? So you're always going upward. You look at me like you don't believe me. You're always, it may feel like you're not going up right now, but you're going up. You're going up. You're going over. Look at someone say, that's really, really the truth. So think about vision, right? So if it's a clear picture of who we are and where we're going, th this is why two scriptures make sense. Proverbs chapter 29 says this, without a vision, people what? Perish. So if it's a clear picture of who we are and where we're going, if we don't have a clear picture of who we are and where we're going, we will perish. Actually, that scripture means this, that you will cast off anything that restrains you or keeps you in lane You'll wander off course, start going backwards, and the Hebrew word means you take off your clothes and you're made bare naked. But no one wants to see that, right? So what we need is we need vision to keep us in our lane, go in our direction, and keep us with the things of God moving forward as a church, as, a, as an individual. So vision is a good thing. It's a God thing. Actually, if you take the word vision and you use the same word that the Old Testament used, vision is the same word as provision. So what God gives vision for, God creates what? Provision. So God is a provision God. I actually had a pastor one time in my life put his finger on my nose and say, vision is fluff. That's what he told me. And I'm like, well, we just skipped part of the Bible. And what the word vision means is, it actually means this, it, it is a divine revelation. So without some divine revelation, this whole book is a book of vision. It's divine revelation. What God said about you is divine revelation. And if you buy into it, read it, believe it, and live by it, you won't perish. You won't perish. So every year at this time, I bring these binoculars up here. 
Um, if you've been here for a while, you know I do this every January. And here's, it's just an illustration because if you take binoculars, you, you, you can look at something that's out there in the distance and bring it into focus here. It brings what is out there closer. And so what I want to do is say a couple of things about the near future and bring them into focus and bring them a little closer this morning for you. Habakkuk says this, get a vision or get, pro, get your provision, get your divine revelation, write it down so you can do what? This is run. run. That's, that's what this, yeah, so you can run with it. That's what this means. So you can run with it. So God wants you to run this year. Amen. Not limp, not crawl, not give up. I want you to run. So what that means is you get some revelation out of this book, run with it. You got you a scripture, you're healed, run with it. You got you a scripture, you're blessed, run with it. You got you a scripture, you're redeemed, run with it. You got you a scripture that you're forgiven, run with it. You got you a scripture that you're to thrive, not just survive, run with it. You got you a scripture that says you're the head, not the tail, run with it. You, you, you get the point. Yeah. Write it down, run with it. So I want to say some things to you today. I, I, I want to talk about a clear picture of who we are, where we're going, and your response. I want to do it in the next 30 minutes. Y'all ready? Here we go. You know what they told me in the sound booth? We didn't think you could do it in the first experience. I did it with five minutes left. And we'll just see if you're as good as they are. Here we go. So vision is a, just a, it's clarity. It's a clear picture of who you are. So I just want to take a quick moment and remind you who we are. We have this saying around here. It's on the walls around here. It's in the foyer. And it's this. It's all about life change. It's just, that's our mission. It's what we're about here. It's life change. And I believe if God's involved, there's always change. I, I heard, let me see if I can get this right. Someone told me this. Uh, one, one of the guys we work with from Gateway Church told me that he said, how's it go? Healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. Growing, things change. Growing things change. Change brings challenge. I'm glad I remembered that. So <laughs> if it's healthy, it what? Grows. If it grows, it causes change. You say you like change. You don't. But change is good. But change brings what? Challenge. If God's involved, it's always evolving. It's always changing. One level of glory to the next, to the next, to the next. And so for us, it's all about life change. And that means anything from being saved, filled with God's spirit, learning the favor of God, learning the grace of God, growing from the word of God, it produces life change. Now listen, God doesn't have to change. But we do. But he's always changing us what? Forward. He's always changing us upward. Amen. Even if you go through a challenge, he'll bring you through it and change you. Even what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for good and, and give you a testimony and change you for the better. Matter of fact, there's a scripture in Revelation. When, when, I'll just give you my interpretation. When, when, when you defeat something, he gives you anointing on it on the next level. It's scripture. It's in the book of Revelation. What you defeat... On the other side of it, you get an anointing for it, to, de to defeat it for others. That's, that's such cool. So let, let, let's take a poll. How many of you, since you've been at this church, now if you're new, you don't have to raise your hand, but since you've been here, you can say, you know what, this church really, it really did help change my life. Let me see hands. Most of the room, right? Well, that's, that's not because of, of me and Pastor Diane. That, that's because of the word of God. That's because of faith. Amen? If you teach faith, you teach the word the right way, the word works. Faith will bring change. It will bring uh, growth. So we're all about life change. Now, under that, there's these three things that are very valuable to us. One is honoring God. Now, you see these on the walls out there, honoring God. To us, it, it, it's about honoring God above all things. That means esteeming God, honoring the word of God. It, it, and then it's about altering culture. 
Anyone ever look around our demographic and just see the need for change? For it to be altered? Okay, so you all have spent the last few weeks with family, right? How many would agree? Some things need altered. <laughs> and so there's this, there's this, you know, there's, there's, um, there's this option that we have. We can look around us and see the problems and see that how, how jacked up people are. And we can just talk how bad it is. And we can join that party. Or we can say, you know what? God has put me and God has put our church here to really alter culture. Now, I want you to get this. There's a Bible word and we use it. We always use it on the, for the enemy's sake. Because it does say that in the Bible. That the enemy has strongholds. He has them in communities. Poverty is a stronghold. Drug addiction is a stronghold. Witchcraft is a stronghold. Sickness, those are all strongholds. And different regions can have different strongholds. And that's, that's discouraging. But do you know that the word of God and a good church that preaches the word of God and preaches, preaches it's also a stronghold. The Bible says it's like a city on a hill. That's a stronghold. So the Bible says it's, it's dark out there. The message Bible says it's going to get ickier and ickier and ickier, but the light's going to grow stronger and stronger and stronger, and the darkness can't put it out. He's talking about the church. He's talking about you and me. He says, we're the salt, we're the light. So we're going to honor God. We're going to alter this culture around us, and we're going to change lives. That, that's our mission. So years ago, when me and, me and Pastor Diane first came here, we hadn't even moved here yet. I was driving back and forth every week uh, to Ohio, and I was sitting at, on my parents' back porch late. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was working on my message, and I just, I asked God a question. I said, God, is this just a, like a transition for me and my family? Is, is this just a church you're sending us to? Or is there something really, really divine? Is there a real divine assignment to it? And God said, go to Genesis chapter 12. And so there are two verses in the book of Genesis that God gave me at that moment. Now, it's talking about, obviously, it's talking about uh, God's people. But how many of we can take those scriptures, he gives them to us. So he's not just talking about Israel in the scripture. He's talking about our church and, what, and a call he has on us. I'm going to read you two versions of this scripture. The first one is the voice translation in Genesis 12. And I think this is so, so cool. This is just getting a, just remembering who we are, review, right? So look what it says. I have plans to make you a great people. Someone say, I'll take that. <clears throat> and I'm going to put a special blessing on you. See, look at the person next to you and said, I knew you were special. God, look, look what he says. God, I have plans. I'm going to put a special blessing on you. I'm going to cause this reputation to grow so you'll become a blessing and an example to others. Isn't that a cool scripture? I believe on our life as a church, God has a special blessing, and it's to bless others. Verse 3, it goes on and says, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless everyone who blesses you and those who further you in your journey. I'm going to bless them. And I'm going to trip up those who try to trip you up along the way. Yeah. You can take that one too. Um, and through your descendants, the earth is going to be blessed because of the blessing that's in you. So the, I believe our region is going to be blessed because there's a special blessing on our church. Every church has a special blessing. I'm not saying we're the only ones. Don't misunderstand me. I'm just saying there's a certain blessing on this church to be a blessing. Now, let me read that to you from the Amplified Classic. It says, I'm going to make you a great nation. That means increase. I'm going to bless you. Everyone say, I'll take that. I'll take that. that word bless is the word barak, and it means to 
to infer prosperity on you, to give you the power to prosper. So when my wife told someone the other day, it's a blessed year, and they're like, oh, I don't know. No, it's a blessed year. We're going to call it blessed. Why? We can call a blessing if we're blessed. Don't apologize for being blessed. You're connected to God, right? You're one of God's kids. You're blessed. The blessing of God is on your life. It's working on your life. Doesn't matter what's working against you, the blessing is working for you. The promise is working for you greater than the problems working against you. All right, I got to stick to my notes. Here we go. And I will bless you with an increase of favor. Favor is just the goodness of God that you don't earn. God wants to bless you. How does he bless you? I favor you. He doesn't favor you because you're all that. He favors you because of faith. He loves everybody the same, but he favors people differently. How does he favor them? Faith. You got faith for favor? He'll bless you with favor. He'll bless you with his blessing if you have faith for it. You can't have faith for it unless you hear it. I just told you so you can have faith for it so you can be blessed. And I'll make your name famous. I'll make it distinguished. That means reputation. And you'll be a blessing. You will dispense good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness on you. I'll curse those who use insolent language towards you. And you'll bless your region. It has changed the words, but you'll bless your region. I believe that's the assignment God has for our church. He has for us. And if God has an assignment for our church, if you're a part of the church, that blessing's on you. That's just a clear picture of who we are. Now, everything I just said doesn't mean another church is not blessed. I'm just saying this is the blessing that God has talked to me about being on our church. That's a clear picture of who we are. So if vision's a clear pick of who you are, it's also a clear picture of where you're going. If you set out on a journey, if you set out on a vacation, how many know you have to know where you're going? Same thing in life, you have to know where you are going. So what I want to do for a moment is tell you what God said about this year, which I've preached on it right before the holidays, but God has told us that it is our year of restoration. If you look up the word, thank you for all your excitement, both of you back there. Uh, So I'll just come back here and talk to you guys. The rest of you just talk amongst yourselves. So if you look up the word restoration in the Bible, or not the Bible, but in the dictionary, it says this, to take things back to how they were before to give them back to someone who owned something previously. That's pretty cool, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says God takes it and gives it back in better condition than it was before. That's the God part of restoration. So we're declaring over your life, over your health, over your finances, over your relationships, over your emotions, over your feelings, over all of that, that God is a God of restoration this year. So God always does it better, which means this. In the book of Job, it says he will fix things up to double. That's pretty cool. But Leviticus says up to five times. And in Proverbs, it gets all crazy. It says if you can find the thief, you can find him. And guess what? He has to do it up to seven times. That means if he stole something from you and you recognize he was the thief, that's why the Bible says we need to call the thief, thief, and the evil, evil. Don't put evil on God. So if you can find the thief, you can tell him he has to give back seven times. Anyone lost some peace lately? If he gives you seven times back, what's that like? You're not going to be able to wipe the smile off your face. That's what You're going to be annoyingly happy is what that means. Sometimes we look for like this magical blow up to happen. And sometimes it just happens in a subtle way. And all of a sudden we just realize it happened. But God's in the business of restoring. And a couple weeks ago, I told you this. Here's how you have faith for restoration. One, you realize God's nature is restorative. It's the nature of God to restore. 
And it's the power of God to restore. He has restorative power. But we have to cooperate with God's restorative plan. So I want you to have faith this year for God restoring things in your life. So I have a gift for you today. On this side of the room, there are gray containers. If you would grab those, I have a notebook and a pen for you. It says Restor, Year of Restoration on it. It says that on the notebook and the pen. If you would grab one and pass it. Now, don't take one for all your neighbors. Take one for you and pass it down. Last year, we gave out notebooks, and you would have thought I gave out a million dollars, and a lot of people use them all year. So in this notebook is a good place to take notes. In this notebook is a great place for you to write down what you're believing God to restore in your life this year. So it's your year of what? Restoration. That, keep that notebook with you this year. I just took mine out of my briefcase and set it on the table this morning. I have stuff in there. God told me about the year of happenings. But it's your year of what? Restoration. If you did not get one out of that container, if you wave, our host will make sure that you get one. Um, I'm not sure if there was exact number for each seat, so we'll make sure that you get one. Um, so just wave at a host so they bring you one. There you go. Everyone say thank you, Pastor Aaron. It's the season of giving. It goes on and on and on. All right, so I want to help you, though, before I move on to something else. It's easy to sit here and say, well, I, I just like to have this, so this is my restoration list. I, I, I have some questions that God gave me to help you figure out what needs restored in your life. They're going to put those on the screen. Um, you can write those down. It might be easier if you take, a, take out your phone and just take a picture of it. Here's how we figure out what needs restored in our life. Are there some things that have diminished in your life that need revitalized? Are there some things in your life that have diminished and they need revitalized? Well, then you can believe for those things to be restored. Are there also some things in your life that have been damaged and they need repaired? They've been damaged, they need repaired. That, that, that's a sign that might be an area of your life that needs restoration. Are there some areas of your life that something was stolen and you need something returned? That's an area you can believe for restoration. Uh, is there some areas of your life that are left unfinished that need completed? That's restoration you can believe for. And, and the last one is this. Is there something that has been ruined that needs resurrected? So those words, resurrected, completed, returned, repaired, revitalized, those are all words for restoration. So the, the, in your life, is, is there some health that's been diminished? How about we believe God to restore those areas of our health this year? Maybe in your life there's a relationship that's been um, damaged and it needs repaired. Or maybe in your life there was something stolen. Maybe it was financially and you can believe God for there to be a return in your life. Or how about this? If there's something that's left unfinished and he just didn't. How many know, have you ever done, started a project in your house? And then you start another one and another one and you don't finish the other ones. You just feel overwhelmed. Anyone feel me? Yeah. I, 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 my wife's like, yeah, that's my husband, Lord. Um, there's something that happens when things start getting completed. I believe God wants to finish some things for you this year. And, and what's been ruined? What's been ruined that needs resurrected? I, I believe those questions will help you find out what it is God is going to restore in your life this year. So who are we? We shared with you just a reminder of who we are and, and, and where we're going. It's our year of restoration. So if you haven't been here or haven't been here for a while or um, you've, you've been up in a cave somewhere, um, you know that in a few months we're actually moving locations. And so we, we, we began to talk as a team and we were like, 
what do we call this transition? And just tell you how creative we are. Here's our slogan. The move. <laughs> we were trying to come up with all this stuff, and we kept saying, we kept calling it the move. And I'm like, well, that, that's what God's doing. He's moving us. Aren't you glad God's moving? Yeah. And, and so we called it the move, our promise project, because it is really a project uh, about promise. And so what I would like to do is just share with you some details, because everyone loves details, right, about uh, what God did and, and what we're, we're we're projecting for a few moments and, and, and land this plane somewhere else here in a second. So um, it's our year of restoration, and part of God's restoration is he's, he's restoring and moving us and transitioning us to, to, to a really cool platform. And so what we did was a few months ago, we, we purchased what it has been Center Branch Assembly of God, and we, we, bought, um, uh, uh, we, we purchased three buildings that's almost 30,000 square feet, um, that includes a pavilion, it includes an amphitheater, a playground, a garage. There's almost 200 parking spots. There's room to add to that. 27 acres, um, free gas um, for only $1.25 million. We say only. Well, we felt like that was a God thing. We, we sold the property that we owned that was um, <clears throat> near the mall. And so we, we, are, uh, we currently have this facility up for sale. You see the for sale signs. We have actually just this week, I had two phone calls about some churches inquiring interest. So we, we would like you to believe with us that it do, the, uh, a church doesn't have to buy this. I mean, it would be cool if a church did, but I just believe with us that that, that sells. And so um, Center Branch Church... Um, under the contract, uh, March 22nd is their last Sunday, according to the contract. We own it. We, we're, we actually are letting them be there without rent. We just wanted to be a blessing to them. And, and so that, that's where we are at with things. You see video there, there behind me. Um, so uh, there are, just wanted to show you a few of the buildings that we have there on the, on the property. Um, this is a building across the parking lot. And um, as you can see, it needs, it needs a little bit of love. So uh, what we're going to be doing with this building is uh, painting, new carpet, remodel this building. It has a classroom. It actually has three classrooms. One will stay a classroom. The other two rooms we're going to set up for small groups. So small groups can happen there all the time. There's a kitchenette in it. There's a basement in it. So it really needs cleaned. It really needs um, remodeled. It needs restored. And so this, this is uh, one, of the, one of the first projects that, that we will do. It needs cleaned, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> second building is this really cool youth facility, 7,800 square feet, 1,800 square feet uh, on the upper loft area. And um, so our, our students can meet there. Also, we could do groups there as well. And um, uh, so that, that obviously needs some cleaning, that needs some painting, but it's just just going to be really cool. You know, we, we say all the time that, that one of our values is to be generational. So that, that's all ages. But I think it's going to be a really cool environment for our young people. They're, they're just like us. They're out of, out of room downstairs. And so that's the, the second building. The, the, the third building I wanted to talk about was obviously the main building. That's where the auditorium is. And also in that building, I don't know if my words are matching the screens, but also in the auditorium, uh, there's, there's a kitchen for all of our hospitality team, uh, there's uh, uh, this is a side room. There's another side room connected to it. 
There's a good size foyer. You'll see here in a moment. Then they will take you down the wing to the classrooms. So we have classrooms. We'll put our offices in some of those rooms for, for a season. So as you can see, um, God, God's blessed us with, with what we think is, is a God thing. Um, there's a, a garage on the facility. There is a pavilion on the facility. There's a playground on the facility. There's an amphitheater. So God is going to let us do some really, really cool things. The reason why we called it Promise is uh, if you weren't here a few months ago, uh, me and my wife used to work there. And about 20 years ago, God said, you'll pastor that church. And that didn't happen. So I don't know what I was drinking or smoking at that moment. But, uh, you know, sometimes you think you hear God and it doesn't happen. And then 20 years later, God says, here's a promise. So don't give up on anything God's ever spoken to you. Um, reason why I said that, I, w- I was sitting in a car minding my own business. And God spoke that to us, so he's bringing that to fruition. So it's, it, it obviously is awesome, but I want to share with you this morning uh, a couple upgrades that, that we want to do. So we wanna, the first upgrade that we want to do and need to do would be in the auditorium. So I had uh, our guys kind of draw up a new look for, uh, for our auditorium. I always wanted to use this thing. Last time I used this, I almost got arrested at Myrtle Beach. That's a different story <laughs> for a different day. That's a true story, by the way. Um, so... <laughs> Apparently, they're Ill- illegal um, to shine up in the air or in someone's eyes. Anyways, um, so we need to upgrade our sound system, do some, uh, do some upgrading in this room to make it life points touch, and, and there's really some bad sound issues, and so it, that's about a $250,000 project. Uh, something else that we're going to be doing, there are a few things that we're going to do just out of our budget. We've been saving up money. Um, but there are a few things we're going to raise some funds for. Another area is, okay, so this is the current auditorium. This is the kids' area, and this is what will make some offices. But we want to add a shell over this building that matches the youth center so it'll look like that same from the road. And this will become a kids' auditorium in here in the kids' classrooms, and we'll add some offices right here. And so that, that's about a $500,000 project. We want to put a new sign up. Um, add some parking, and so um, that, that's some projects that are coming up. Down the road, we we'll want to do some more things with our youth and, and, and add to the building, and so we're looking at, at probably adding eight to $900,000 to what we purchased. Now, when we sell our building, we have to use some of that for a, a, a payment when we did our loan, and the rest of it will be ours, so we'll add that to the amount. So we're, we're believing God, uh, after all that, for probably five or $600,000 in uh, and so we'll, we'll tell you more about that in a moment. But it's amazing to me that we could buy what we bought, do some pretty cool upgrades, and be in around $2 million. That, that's, just a, that's just a God thing. That's a wisdom thing. Um, the reason why we're doing all that is, is we, we foresee some really, really cool ministry going on there for a long time. Amen. And it's cool that, uh, that God's given us the opportunity to be a part of that. So that's a clear picture of just who we are. Where we're going. Now, let's end this with a clear picture of your response to all of that vision. And the first one w- would be this. When you came in, you received uh, a card like this. It just says, I'm interested. Some of you have already filled this out. We appreciate that. Uh, so what we're doing, there are some projects. Here's what we foresee. We foresee all of us going in there arm in arm and doing some putting some muscle to some things. We've had people come to us say, I love to paint. Some other people said, I love to do this. I love to do that. I've had some people come to me and say, I'm not very good at building, but I can tear stuff up. That's my team, all right? So <laughs> there's some things that need demoed. 
and then there's honestly just some work that needs clean, just some cleaning. Some of it just needs painted. Uh, some of it, if you can do drywall or any of those things, we're, we're going to start taking teams in there as soon as we get possession and start turning. We're going to do some of it ourselves. Some of it needs contracted. And so, um, so if you haven't signed up and you want to sign up, it just get your name on the roster. When we get closer, we'll let you know about that. So that, that's the first area that you could respond to. The, the, the second area that you could respond to uh, on, on this card, you can write down what you're believing for. But on the back of here is just some information that I just shared about the funding. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you just for the next couple weeks to ask God what your part would be. And, and in a few weeks, we're going to make some commitments to raise some money and, and knock out these projects. Now, let me share with you this really, really cool story. A few years back, me and my wife were on staff at a, at a church before we moved back here in Ohio, and they bought a building that was 350,000 square feet. It was a $27 million project. And so our pastor just came before us and said, you know, not everyone's going to give the same, but we're going to sacrifice equally. And he said, we're putting it out there to see what we had pledged to help. It was, it was the um, Hoover a Vacuum Distribution Warehouse, which is now their church. And so me and my wife, God put a number on our heart to pledge toward this. And I'll be honest with you, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, it, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. Um, and God gave us an amount. So we made a pledge. And every month we just made our payment because we were just obedient. Somehow, every month, God provided. Uh, so we didn't actually get to move into that building. We came back here to pastor you guys. But well, before we left, we, we paid off the remainder of our pledge. And I'll be really honest with you guys, and I'll give you all the details and the numbers. But we made a pledge that was above us. And when we walked away from that, every bill we ever had was gone. And I'm talking every bill. Cars, houses, everything. Because the scripture where the Bible says God does above and beyond a hundredfold, he did that in our lives. And so why do we give to things like this? Because it's a God project. And then two, God, God does bless you when you take care of his stuff. So it's not just about what you can give. It, it, uh, get. It's about what we can give to help the kingdom, help what God's doing here. And if this church has meant something in your life, I just ask you to ask God. And like I said, he, he amazed us. I'm still amazed at how we did it every month. And when we left, we had this conviction that we wanted to finish that. And then honestly, every, every bill we ever had, it, this was before we moved, it was gone. It was a God miracle. I appreciate your excitement. But um, I, here's why I shared that. Well, not because you'd be like, well, you're the pastor. No, because you would hear this. If God did that for us, he could do it for you. It's just a faith thing. God loves everybody equally. But he does honor people differently according to their faith. So I just ask you over the next few weeks, just ask God, God, what do you want to restore in my life? And God, what do you want me to do to help the church do what they're, they're called to do? And, and so in saying all that, here's the last thing I want to land on. Starting this Wednesday night, y'all doing all right? Last thing, starting this Wednesday night, every January, we, we do church every Wednesday night. Usually it's the first Wednesday of the month, but starting this week, every Wednesday in January, we're calling them Restore Nights. Uh, and I want to encourage you. I know there's a lot going on. I know people work. I want to encourage you. Do everything you can to get here. If you want to come for prayer, it's at six downstairs. If you can't get here by then, join us at seven. We do some worship. We'll, we'll minister. We'll teach a little bit, whatever God leads us to do. But also starting that night, we, the last several years, we've done 21 days of prayer and fasting. 
and we're going to kick it off that night. After service is over, it kicks off, and it goes the, the three Wednesday nights. And I gave some wrong dates in the first service. So it actually starts on the 8th, and it ends on the 26th after the service is over. And I would encourage you to fast with us, pray with us, and be with us on those Wednesday nights. There's stuff for your, for your children. So if you have little kids, there are things for your kids. We won't keep you all night. I know that you, know, you have work and things like that. But let me say something about prayer and fasting. In the book of Matthew, the disciples who had been with Jesus and saw Jesus do miracle after miracle, they asked them to cast some demons out, and they couldn't do it. And Jesus came, and he said something to them. He said, you have so much unbelief, and he cast the demons out. And they, later, the, 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 not the demons, the, the disciples asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast those demons out? And Jesus said this, he said, they only come out by prayer and fasting. Now, prayer and fasting didn't actually kick the demons out. If you put it in context, what did it take to cast the demons out? Belief but they had unbelief. Here's what prayer and fasting does. It removes unbelief from our life. So when we pray and fast, we're not praying and fasting to get God to do something. God, if I pray and fast for 21 days, you'll restore everything. That's not what prayer and fasting is. It's us putting ourselves in a place of sacrifice for 21 days to pray and fast. It makes us more sensitive to God because we deal with our flesh and it starts to remove unbelief from our life. So maybe God wants to restore an area of your health to you but it looks impossible. Or maybe God wants to restore a relationship, but it looks impossible. Or maybe God wants to restore a business, but it looks impossible, and you can't, you can't hardly believe it's possible. Prayer and fasting start to remove the unbelief, and you get faith stirred up because you're more spiritually sensitive. He might give you an answer to something during this 21 days. So we don't pray and fast just to get something, but it removes unbelief. I mean, that, that's some good revelation. So for those 21 days, here, here's why we're praying and fasting. For God to show you, make you sensitive, remove the unbelief, and bring restoration into your life. For God to speak to you for those 21 days. That's what we're believing for. The dates are the 8th to the 26th. You say, well, what do I fast? I don't get up here and tell you what to fast. You, you decide what to fast. But let, let me put it this way. If you don't like pizza and you fast pizza, one, first of all, if you don't like pizza, something's wrong with you. But second of all, if you don't like pizza and you fast pizza, that doesn't count. It has to be something that's a sacrifice and it's hard on your flesh. It, it could be food. It could be social media. It, whatever it might, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I would just challenge you for 21 days. I actually had someone a few years ago who fasted their coffee. I didn't know this, but they went through the line. They walked up to me, grabbed my head and said, I'm ready to kill you. I said, well, good morning to you too. And he, he said... I haven't had coffee for like 18 days because he was fasting his coffee. It was a sacrifice. He made it through. I punched him. I'm like, don't you ever grab. No, I didn't do that. But it has to be something that's, that's meaningful that we sacrifice. And I believe over those 21 days um, that God will do something significant, speak something significant to you. Um, Tony Evans said this. He said, fasting is touching heaven so we can change earth. So it's not giving God pulling a string to get God to do something. It's putting ourselves in a place to hear God, be sensitive. God might speak something to you that changes everything. He might say, do this, and it might change your business. He might say, do this, and it might heal a relationship. He might show you this attitude adjustment, and it might change everything. Why? Because we're laying down our flesh. We're tuning in spiritually. So I want to encourage you, if you've never fasted, and it's, it's prayer and fasting. 
If it's just fasting, it's called a diet. But it, it could help kickstart a diet. Nothing wrong with that. But it's prayer and fasting. It's just setting aside time for prayer and fasting. And I, I, I might just fast football. Now Pittsburgh's out of it, right? So I'm just kidding. I'm joking. Let's all stand to our feet. So vision is a clear picture of who you are and where you are going. So I, I hope that us saying it's your year of restoration, I hope that excites you. Because that means God's been thinking about you. And that means God's been watching you. And that means God wants to pour his goodness into areas of your life that were robbed. You say, well, why? Because he's a good God. I think God has a lot to do. And of everything God has to do, he's mindful of you and he's mindful of me. And when he thinks about us, he's thinking good thoughts. Jeremiah says it. I know the thoughts, I'm thinking towards you. Hope, welfare, victory to the, to the final end. Think about that. Every, everything God has to do, I mean, this world is jacked up. Out of everything he has to fix and do, he's mindful of you and your year. And actually, this is what God told me in 2020. He said, I want you all year to prophesy restoration. He said, preach it, predict it, prophesy it to people. God's just moving on your behalf this year. He really is ready to move on your behalf. I just want you to put your faith in it. I want you to receive it. So I'm going to ask Pastor Diane if she would pray, and then I'll close you out. Just pray over them. Um, a year of restoration, prayer of them, God begins to speak to them, begins to do something new in their life, uh, and, and, and it's, it's their best season. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com.